today we're talking about hurt and pain, last week offense, and next week's message is so critical as we deal with stay free. Some of you have been free, you've been getting set free, but how do you stay free? How many of you know you don't want to get free and get tangled back up again? But you want to stay free, and we're going to deal with that next week. Stay free, and I'm excited. We've never done this before, but we're going to have a special Memorial Day service next, next week along with the message, but there's going to be flags when you pull up, American flags all through the place, and some special things we're going to be doing to honor and honor veterans. And so it's going to be a great day. Let Tinker know, let everybody know to get here for a special Memorial Day service at People's Church. Emotional baggage. If you missed last week, I talked about having an offended spirit. And the Bible says that many will be offended. And all of us in this place have dealt with offense. And the problem occurs is when we carry around an offended spirit because of what somebody has done to us or what we believe they've done to us. When we carry that around, it turns into this hurt and pain can turn into to bitterness and hatred. And we start lashing out. We start trying to get even with people. And the truth of the matter is I've been hurt. I've been stabbed in the back. I've been done wrong. I've encountered some, some things in my life that have caused me deep hurt and pain in my life. Just like many of you, you've been, you've been hurt. You've been disappointed. Some of you in this place, you've been stabbed in the back. You've been hurt deeply. And the question is, what do we do with all this emotional baggage? We're carrying around hurt and, and pain and, and, and offenses. We're carrying it around. How do we overcome hurt and pain in the emotional baggage? Today, I want to talk to you about that from the life of Joseph, and I trust online as well that you're just going to receive this, and God's going to set you free from emotional baggage as well. Joseph, if you're not familiar with the story, he had a dream in Genesis chapter number 37, and his dream was that he was going to one day rule over his, his brothers, and he was one of 12 brothers, the, the, the son of Jacob, and he was going to rule over his dad and mom. He was going to be in a place of authority. He was going to be in a place of, of power and prominence one day, and his brothers hated him because of his dream. Not only did they hate him, they so deeply had this hate for him, they wanted to destroy him. They wanted to kill him. And one day Joseph was headed to check on his brothers in Genesis 37, and, and his brothers plotted to kill him. And they threw him in a cistern, a, a pit, planning to kill him. And they decided, well, let's don't kill him, but let's destroy his dream. Let's destroy his life. And they sold their brother into slavery. Their own flesh and blood. Can you imagine? They're your own flesh and blood. Your, your brothers that you've grown up with, they hate you so much, they sell you to another country. And he ends up in Egypt. He's serving in Potiphar's house. And, and, and the Bible says he was serving in, in Potiphar's house in Genesis chapter 39. Potiphar's wife, this man of prominence and position in Egypt, his wife had a crush on Joseph. She wanted to go to bed with Joseph. And so she tried to seduce him. And Joseph was a man of integrity. He wasn't going for it. And, and Potiphar's wife got mad. And she falsely accused Joseph of trying to sleep with her. And the Bible says that Potiphar, he was upset with Joseph, so he threw him him in the prison and it wasn't even his fault can I tell you Joseph knows what it is to go through hurt <laughs> Joseph knows what it is to be stabbed in the back by your own brothers to be falsely accused to be lied upon I mean this is a man who could have went through life bitter hurt upset and mad and never saw his dreams come to pass 
But can I tell you, at the end of the story, the awesome thing about Joseph's life was at the age of 30, he was second in power in Egypt. He was the vice president of Egypt. And the dream that Joseph had at 17, it came to fruition. It came to pass. You say, Herbert, what was the key? How did Joseph see his dreams come to pass, though he was hurt and wounded and stabbed in the back? Let me, get, let me tell you a nugget. Let me tell you a secret that I want to talk to you about. Joseph chose to forgive. He chose to forgive. How? How in the world could somebody forgive your own brothers who wanted to kill you, who hated you, who sold you into slavery? How could you forgive Potiphar's wife for lying on you and you're spending all this time in prison? How could somebody forgive people who have hurt them so deeply? How could Joseph do this? I want to talk to you about that today. Number one, the first key to to really forgiving and getting over emotional baggage is give your hurts to God. You got to give your hurts to God. I want you to see this in Genesis chapter 41 and verse 51. Joseph here, he has, he's in Egypt now. He's second in charge in Egypt. He's the vice president of Egypt. God has blessed him. And I want you to notice this. The Bible says Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God, notice this, God has made me forget. God has healed me. God has helped me. God has touched my heart and made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Joseph, at some point, he had given his hurt and his pain and his disappointments to God. I don't want you to miss this because a major key to forgiving people and getting free from emotional baggage is you have to give your hurt You have to give your pain to God, no matter what they've done to you, no matter how bad you've been hurt, no matter how bad you've been stabbed in the back, no matter what they've said about you and lied on you and disappointed you, you have to take all the hurt and all the pain and all the baggage and you have to give it to your heavenly father and God will heal you. God is a healer of emotional baggage. The Bible says it like this in Psalms chapter 147 and verse number three, talking about God. It says, he, God, heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Can I tell you, we serve a supernatural God that can supernaturally touch your heart and bring healing to your pain, bring healing to your heart, bring healing to the wounds that you're carrying today. I want you to understand that time doesn't heal emotional baggage. I had somebody ask me recently. I've dealt with this tragedy, this loss, and over time, it's not getting any better. It seems to be getting worse because, listen, time does not make wounds and hurts and pains better. That's a myth. Listen, time without without God, things don't get better. They get bitter. You need God in the equation. Have you seen somebody spend years later and they're still bitter and they're mad and they're angry and they're hostile and they're lashing out and time has went by? Because time don't make things better. You need a supernatural God. That you give your hurt and your pain and your disappointments to. And you allow him, as the scripture says, to heal your broken heart and to bind up your wounds. If you don't give your hurts, your pain, and your disappointments to God and allow him to heal your heart, the emotional baggage will begin to destroy and damage your relationships. It will damage your future. It will damage your life. Carrying around emotional baggage 
is never beneficial to you. Let, let me say this to you. Forgiveness is hard, but hate is harder. Forgiveness is hard, but hate is even harder because when you carry grudges and you carry bitterness and you carry around anger and hostility towards other people, friends, can I tell you, it will stop you from receiving God's best in your life. It will stop you from receiving all of the blessings God wants to pour out in your life when you're carrying around this emotional baggage. I want you to notice this in Joseph's life in Genesis chapter 41. In verse 52, it says, the, the second son that he had, he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me fruitful or has blessed me in the land of my suffering. Joseph said, my first child is Manasseh, which means God has healed my hurts. I've, he's, he's, he's touched my heart. He's helped me forget my past. He's I had a Manasseh. And the second child is Ephraim. His His name means God has made me fruitful. God has blessed me in the land of my suffering. And I want you to notice that Joseph had a Manasseh giving his hurt and pains to God, getting his heart healed up before he had an Ephraim, seeing God bless him in the land of his suffering. And friends, it's the same with you and with me. Listen, we have to have a Manasseh before we can have an Ephraim. We have to give our hurt and pains to God and allow him to heal us and to touch us and to help us to forget all the things that have happened to us. You have to have a Manasseh before you can have a Ephraim and see God's blessing and his provision in the land of your suffering. Listen, forgiveness precedes blessings. You will never experience all the good that can come from the bad until you're willing to give your hurt to God and to forgive those who have done you wrong. Unforgiveness shuts the door to God's blessings. As your pastor, I want you to experience every blessing God has for you. I want you to experience God's best for your life. But I don't want you to get it backwards. You'll never have an Ephraim before you have a Manasseh. You'll always have to give your hurt and your pain and allow God to heal your broken heart before you can have an Ephraim and experience fruitfulness and the blessing of God in the land of your suffering. There's a, a, a second a second point I want to share with you. We're talking about emotional baggage and, and this character named, named Joseph. His brothers hurt him. They, they damaged him. They wanted to kill him and destroy him. They sold him into slavery. How could he forgive them? That's the key. The secret to his life was he chose to forgive. How did he do it? Number two is this. He understood that God is in control. God is in control. One of the major secrets in the life of Joseph, to him forgiving his brothers, was he understood that God was in control of his life. Joseph could forgive his brothers, all the evil they'd done to him, because Joseph really had a deep conviction that no matter what my brothers have done to me, God is still in control of my life. God's plans will still prevail in my life. And one of the reasons so many people, even some of you today, 
carry around emotional baggage and they carry around bitterness and hurt and pain and, and lashing out and hatred is because so many people don't really understand or don't really believe that God is in control of their life. You know what a lot of people believe? The reason people hold on to unforgiveness and harbor bitterness in their heart and hatred in their heart is because so many people really believe that other people are in control of their life. You see it all the time. People say things, well, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today in life. It wasn't for my mom and my daddy. My mom and daddy, you know, maybe mom and daddy got divorced or mom and daddy did this or mom and daddy said this. And so I'm where I'm at today because of mom and daddy, as though mom and daddy controls your entire life. You hear people say things like this, well, you know, I would be further along in my work career, but people lied on me at the job. And because they lied on me, I'm, I'm not going to ever be, be the person I thought I could be at work. I'm not going to ever see the achievements I thought I would achieve because this person has lied on me as though they control the future. You hear people say things, well, you know, my dreams would be coming to pass if it wasn't for those people who gossiped on me and stabbed me in my back. And my dreams aren't coming to pass now because of that person who did me wrong, that person who walked out on me. My dreams will never come to pass because of that person. And friends, what I want you to really understand, according to the scriptures, is people don't control your future. God does. I want you to hear me today. Absolutely no man, no woman, no devil, no demons can control your future. No demon, no devil, no person can get you out of the will of God. No one holds your future. No one holds your destiny except God. Listen, Joseph's brothers thought they were powerful. They thought they could control Joseph's future. They thought they could destroy the dream, but they were wrong. Let me read this to you, how they thought they had more power than they actually had. Genesis chapter 37 verse 19 says, here comes that dreamer, the brother said. Here comes that one who thinks one day he's going to be in authority and have power to rule over us. They said to each other, come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then, then we'll see what comes of his dreams. We're going to take care of this boy. (laughs) Those dreams he's having, they're not coming to pass. We're going to make sure of it. But if you don't know the story, let me tell it to you. Joseph's dreams did come to pass. Joseph did accomplish the dreams that God had laid on his heart because his brothers did not control his future. God did. And even though life took some difficult and unexpected turns for for, for Joseph because his brothers caused life to take some difficult and unexpected turns. But at the end of the day, God was still in control of Joseph's future. And Joseph was able to forgive his brothers. He was able to let go of the hurt and give it to God because he had a deep conviction that God, I'm in a pit. You lied on me. Potiphar's wife has got me thrown in prison. But God is still in control. God has the last word. And I want to say this to somebody today, your response. I'm talking to somebody online right now. Your response will determine your future, not what people do to you. God always has a plan. God always has a way to to, to see the plan and the dream still happen in your life. 
Your only job, when somebody hurts you, lies on you, gossips about you, disappoints you, stabs you in your back, your only job is don't mess up what God wants to do, into your, and do in your life by holding on to a grudge, by holding on to the pain, by holding on to bitterness. Your only job is to make sure that you don't get yourself out of the will of God. No devil, no person, no other person can get you out of God's will for your life except for you. It doesn't matter what they have done to you. You make sure you keep a tender heart, that you walk in forgiveness, that you let go of the pain, that you say God is still in control. I know you think you got me where you want me. I know you think I'm going to die in this pit. I know you think I'm going to die in the prison. But God, God is still in control. Herbert, you don't understand. I've been abused. I understand. You've been let down. I, I get it. You've been hurt. People have walked out on you. But they don't control your future. And I'm not naive. I understand. I understand that people can cause some detours in your life. I've had some detours. People can cause some some roadblocks that make you have to kind of go around a different route. But can I tell you? God can still bring the dream to pass. Listen, God is still in control. Come on, I need some people that will believe it. God, listen, God is. God is. God is still in control control. And what you need to understand is that your response will determine your future, not what they do to you. Your response. Joseph saw the dream come to pass because he responded properly by forgiving because he realized God was in control. Number three is this. There's a a third nugget from Joseph's life that I want to share with you that will help you get over the baggage, the pain, and the hurt. Number three is don't play God. Don't play God. Genesis 50, verse 15, let's look together. The Bible says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? The brothers were a little nervous right now. Joseph, their their daddy had died. And you know what they thought? They thought Joseph's been putting up a good front. He's been acting nice to us because daddy is alive. And now daddy is dead. Joseph is going to get us. He's going to let us have it. He's going to pay us back. We think he's just been playing a game and putting up a front while daddy was alive. And verse 16, they said, so they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I asked, I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of of the God of your father. When their message came to Joseph, when it came to him, notice this, Joseph wept. You know why he wept? Because Joseph had already dealt, had done business with God. He already had given his hurt and his pain to God. He was already in a place of brokenness. He had no intentions of hurting his brothers. He was even broken even more because they thought he was going to get even. But he was at a place. He had already let it go. He had already forgiven. He already had a Manasseh. His pain and hurt was healed by God. And he began to weep. The Bible says his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. And they said, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Notice this. Am I 
in the place of God. His brothers, the ones who stabbed him in his back, who tried to destroy him, who wanted to kill him, who sold him into slavery. His brothers have been thrown down. They throw themselves down in front of him. I mean, he has the power. He's second in charge of Egypt. He could make them starve to death because he has that kind of power and that kind of control in Egypt. And can I tell you, if some of us, if that would have happened and, and the people who hurt us and, and, and had done us wrong and stabbed us in our back, if they had been thrown in front of us as our slaves, you'd have been, that's right, boy. That's right, girl. I got you where I want you, and you go do me, do me wrong. But that wasn't Joseph's response. His brothers are there. Daddy's dead. He's got all the power. And Joseph, he said, I am not going to play God. Even though I'm the second most powerful man in this country, I'm not going to play God by getting even with you. I forgive you. People's church, you will never experience all the good that can come from the bad until you understand that God is in control of your future and you refuse to play God. By getting even. Joseph, the second most powerful man, he didn't get even with Potiphar's wife. When he rose to power, he could have got even, but he didn't. He didn't play God. When it came to his brothers and he had the power and he could have destroyed them, he could have starved them to death. No, 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 no. He didn't play God. Can I tell you what some of you are doing in this place? Some of you are playing God. You're mad and you're hurt, and you're bitter, and you're playing God. You're hurting other people. You're hurting the people who have done you wrong. You're lashing out. You're trying to get even. Some of you, you won't, you won't even talk to the person. You see them. You see them at the workplace. You see them. They're part of the family. You see them at Thanksgiving. You're not, you don't, everybody knows, well, when they get together, it's just going to be bad. They're not going to even talk. And you just roll your eyes and won't say you walk right by. Because you, you know why? You're trying to get even. You're trying to dig. You're trying to get one up. You're trying to get some revenge. Some of you, you talk, but you talk with an attitude. Because you want that person to know you don't like them. Pass the chicken. I want you to know I don't like you. Because you want them to know I'm hurt. And I'm going to play God. I'm going to get, I'm going to get even. Some of you are stabbing people in the back. You're setting up scenarios. You're conniving and working agendas so you, you can get even. You're, you're working behind the scenes and your motivation is you want to get even. You're trying to get revenge. You're playing God. And you'll never experience God's best when you try to take the place of God. The Bible says in Romans 12 and verse 19, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Friends, can I tell you that we're not called to play God, we're called to act like God. 
Say, how did God act? Well, let me tell you how God acted. When you and I were enemies of God, when you and I had broken God's heart in a million pieces because of our sin, when you and I were rebellious towards God while we were yet sinners, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, and he died on the cross for, for us. And friends, when we turned over to, when we turned to Jesus, can I tell you that, that Jesus didn't try to get even with us? He didn't try to slap us down. He didn't say, I got the power. I got the authority. I'm the son of God. You're going to pay for what you've done. No. He gave us what we didn't deserve. Forgiveness. And as a follower of Christ, we're called to give to people what they don't deserve. Forgiveness. Colossians 3 and verse 13. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Don't play God. You're called to act like God and to extend forgiveness to those who don't deserve it. See, pastor, how do I know if I've overcome the hurt and the pain? I want to give you a test. Pastor, am I there? Have, have I overcome? Have I, have I given it to God? Has God healed my heart? Am I not playing God? Have I, a, a, do I realize God is in control of my life even though these people have done me wrong? Let me give you a test today. Here's the test how you can know if you've truly forgiven. When you have truly forgiven those who have wronged you, you can appreciate and bless them instead of curse them. That's how you know you've really arrived. When you can appreciate them and bless them. That's what Joseph did. Genesis chapter 50 verse 21. So then, he says to his brothers, don't be afraid I will provide. Listen, I could destroy you. <laughs> you boys tried to kill me. You threw me in a cistern. You sold me into slavery. I got the power. I'm in charge. My dreams have come to, tr come to pass. God has blessed me, blessed me beyond my wildest dreams. And boys, I could pay you back now. <laughs> but God's done the work in my heart. I've truly forgiven you. So I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Friends, can I tell you real forgiveness? Real maturity in Christ is when you can love, appreciate, and bless those who tried to destroy you. That's exactly what Joseph did. I know what some of you are thinking. Well, I'm just not there yet, Pastor. Well, you need to get there. Amen. You need to get there. That's where you need to get so that you don't miss out on what God has for your life. Romans chapter 12 and verse 14. The Bible says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Your response will determine your future. Give your hurt. Give your pain to God. Realize God is still in control. Don't play God. Forgive. Your response will determine your future.